Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yes. Welcome to Drinking Bros Podcast. We are drinking today. This is the week of uh, D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway. It is his birthday week. We are celebrating mm-hmm. all week long. I, we got you a gift, D'Anthony. Oh, yeah. Can you hold that up for the people here? Yeah, it's a movie poster uh, of Threat Level Midnight from The Office. Correct. If you remember that shit. Correct. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's one of your favorites. You quote it all the time. And then, obviously, you were a gigantic baseball fan. Yep. So we have one of the best on here yeah. today. We've got Nicholas Thompson Swisher on the show. How are you, Nick Swisher? Oh, what is good, fellas? What's happening? <laughs> Before the show, I was like, oh, shit, I better go get some booze. And I, and I walked away, and then I saw that Nick was gone. When I came back, I'm yep. like, I, I didn't know what he was doing, and he came, came back with a handful of fucking booze as well. Yes. You can't yeah. see it on camera. I'm just calling you out to make sure everybody Winning knows. Winning Rome, baby. Winning Rome. <laughs> I, I like that even though you have money, Nick, you're still drinking Coors Light. <laughs> like, that's the beauty of you. I would have expected some high-end he's, he's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Columbus trash. What are you talking about? Dude? <laughs> this dude's from Flavor. He's from... Oh, wait, baby. On High yeah. Street, bro. Flavor Town, brother. Town. You know, you I went to Ohio State. So, dude, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I graduated from that esteemed university. High Street was... It used to be a fucking blast. They really kind of torch that place, and it's super, you know, Urban Outfitters and some other mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, it's changed a little bit, man. Back in the day, we used to go to a little hole in the wall called the Stube, and it was one of the great places ever, bro. Hands down, one oh, of my yeah. best favorite college memories was at the Stube, no doubt. Dude, the Stube was out of control. Uh, it smelled like piss and, and yeah. you know, <laughs> two-week-old beer. You- yeah, I've look. I've been there numerous times before. It is oh god, dude. Uh, but I love it, and all that shit's gone now. I was there the night that uh, that one bar burned to the ground, and they they were actually burning it to the ground themselves. I walked in, and they the guy had uh, two bic lighters set to high, um, and then we're, they were burning toilet paper rolls in the bathroom, and they're like everybody out. And I was like, oh shit, are you burning this place down? And he goes, yeah, we're fucking burning the place down. And that was it, man. Um, like you were like being incredulous. Like, uh, yeah, we're burning it down. Like, what are you fucking doing? De- dead serious. That's how yeah. he looked at me. It was like a bar back or something. And I was like, oh, fuck. You guys are really burning this fucking place down. Burned to the ground. They got the insurance money and got out of there. I think they knew it was going to happen to High Street, though, to be fair. Yeah, well, I think once you saw Eddie George, once he came in with the restaurant, yeah. I think that's when things really started to change. You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden, some bookstores started to make their way, and yeah. it just changed from there, bro. Bunch of fucking nerds. It is, dude. <laughs> and then you saw, like, you know, the liberal protests when Trump got arrested there, or, or not arrested. Uh, they got arrested there yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for the Trump rally and all that shit. And I was like, man, Ohio State didn't used to be like this. We burn shit. Like, win or lose against Michigan, we burn shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. The couches, the whole nine, bro. You everything. Or LeBron James jerseys. Yes, yes, dude. Fuck LeBron. Fuck LeBron to this day. Like did I'll you, never come back on the LeBron train. Did you by see the way. he got back into a little tiff with a with a, a sugar daddy and sugar baby at the fucking game last night? Oh yeah. So did you hear about courtside Karen last night? This, <laughs> courtside is, this is trending right now. You don't Nick. talk to oh, my I husband. I didn't, I didn't hear about it. Oh, it's beautiful. So uh, <laughs> the guy that she's with courtside at the Lakers game last night. 
his name on Instagram is like Daddy, and then whatever his last name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no shit. O- older guy, yeah. um, and is not hiding the fact that he <laughs> just paid for this twenty-four-year-old girlfriend, um, who kind of looks thirty-five, but she's still super hot. Where you're like, all right, cool. Like I die, like I understand what he's doing there. The whole shit. LeBron starts jawing at him. Um, and then homegirl's not happy, so she stands up and tells him to go fuck himself. <laughs> LeBron James, mid-game, LeBron James goes over to the referee and was like, get her out of here. So they, had, they ejected this woman. She immediately goes on Instagram Live. Um, I mean, literally, as she's being let out, she was like, fuck LeBron James, man. I was standing up for my man last night, and blah, 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 and it was great. And it was a white girl, obviously, a blonde white girl. And uh, LeBron caught it after the game was over, what she had said. And he goes, let's take it easy, courtside, Karen. Um, so Karen was trending. And uh, yes, I'm sure. yeah, the fact that LeBron James has enough power to get a fan kicked out of the game. Right. Like if I ever went up to an umpire and I was like, hey, man, this guy's wearing you get him out of the game. He would have been like, bro, shut your mouth, dude. Yeah, no well, way, that guy stays. Baseball players also aren't fucking pussies, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you remember Josh Hamilton? No yeah. one has ever been roasted more and more frequently than that motherfucker. Yeah. Like, he's standing in center field like, hey, crackhead. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was crying. What the fuck you want me to say? I was a crackhead. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. And he hits a fucking 900-foot home run. Yeah, so. and he's got 125 mil in the bank. Yeah, right exactly. Too. Exactly. Yeah. That's like you buy a lot of crack with 125 mil. A lot mil. of crack. Yeah. Crack is cheap, too. So, yeah, he'll, he'd be good on crack for life if he wants to. That's probably why, I mean, a lot of people have been talking shit about Hunter Biden, but really, he's just looking for a good deal. That's it. And he got one today. Yeah. They hired uh, one of his, his former lawyers to be... Uh, on the DOJ. So he's good to go, dude. Hunter knows what he's doing. Oof. Smoke a little crack. Dad gets in office. You can put whatever you want. <laughs> That's what you get to do as president. But again, I'll say it one more time for the audience. Who would you rather hang out with, Jared Kushner or Hunter Biden? There is no question. Hunter Biden all I'm day. I'm going to Vegas with Hunter Biden and having a good time. Yes. Politics doesn't matter to me. No, I'm getting a foot job and I'm smoking some crack, dude. Yeah. I'm having some fucking fun. What's the worst shit that anybody said to you on the field? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, I mean, you're taking it back. I mean, we're talking about, like, college stuff, bro. Yeah. They used to just rip in college, you know? Because you're, uh, you're, like, you're a bit of a shit talker yourself, so I'm sure you got into it with some fans from time to time. Hey, that was, I mean, that was my favorite thing, right? <laughs> you know, in right field, you know, in Fenway. Oh, you yeah. Know, right really was a good place. You could go back and forth. Everybody was right there. And my goal is I wanted to get a standing over whether you liked it or you didn't. If you enjoyed the last three days, then that's exactly what I wanted to see. So for myself, I always had to keep myself busy too, man. I'm, I'm a hyper guy. Baseball is kind of a slow sport all the time. So you turn right around for the conversation with whether it's going to be good or bad. Yeah, uh, fuck, man. I, I, can, I can imagine you've heard it all. Um, uh, right now, they're saying your internet connection's a little unstable over there, but so are you, Nick, and I appreciate that <laughs> about you. Hey, I've got my landline in, bro. This is the best I got to offer you guys today. No way. Do you, did you pl- do you have hours left on AOL that you're using for this? <laughs> I love it if you do, because we were trying to guess before we got on the show. I was like, is he calling from a sauna right now? And if so, that's the, that's the biggest power move of all time. Yeah, if you were just in a robe with a sauna with a cigar right now that'd be pretty yeah, dope. but like hey with my beers right yeah. drinking bros you know I'm yeah good. yeah um can i talk about one person that i hate that you used to play with like is that is that gonna bother you um no? I, oh, you want to ne- talk about a rod yes i fucking hate a rod i've never been an a rod a rod guy ever right um there was a period of time where a rod got exactly what he deserved with the peds and all that other bullshit right 
on this show, we don't care if you take steroids. Just be real about it, right? Don't give a shit. Actually, everybody should be on fucking steroids. It'd be a better game, and you'd probably have more sales and higher contracts. All that shit. However, A-Rod tried to fucking, you know, shy away from it the entire time. He got suspended, blah, blah, blah. You know, ends up breaking a bunch of home run records. Uh, kind of dirtied the, the, the record book a little bit, in my opinion. And then it was like, all right, great. This fucker is finally out of baseball. We'll never have to see him again. Then he starts dating Jennifer Lopez. And there's been this erotissance that is happening where he's at the fucking inauguration. Uh, he's on stage everywhere. He's at the Super Bowl. Now he's hosting on Fox. Like, what's the fucking story behind the scenes with A-Rod? Is he a good dude or is he a piece of shit? Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess it's all in really kind of the experiences that you've had mm. you know, uh, with, with somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, from, I got the other side. The hell in the World Series, right? Like the whole nine. So for someone that still has a relationship with him today, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people out there that kind of, you know, that may not like the way he went about doing his, you know, his, his business or the whole nine. But at the end of the day, you got the guy kudos, right? Like he's out there, he's doing things that he knows is right. Like, you know, J-Lo has really kind of like brought him back to the forefront right now. And I think for him, uh, he's utilizing this and utilizing it well. I mean, you're right. Like there's been a resurgence, you know, I mean, come on, listen, he, he came to buy in the Mets, you know, he's his job on Fox right now. I mean, he's in, you know, talk about the biggest power couple in the world now. Absolutely. I did. I saw him at the inauguration. I was like, how the hell did he get in there? But at the end of the day, listen, man, like he's doing things for the right reasons right now. You know, he's grinding. He does his stuff. But you're right. I mean, like some people like him, some people don't. It just depends on what's wrong. Yeah, man. It, it's crazy. Uh, I, I can't believe the resurgence of that. He's got nine fucking lives, that guy. He just keeps popping back up. <laughs> he does, though. He does. He keeps coming back, bro. I know, I know. He keeps coming back. <laughs> like um, herpes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, let me ask you this, because your, your internet's cutting out like uh, pretty bad. You kind of sound like a robot a little bit. When you, will you try to redial that Zoom link maybe on an iPhone or something? Do you have, a, do you have an iPhone? Or are you an Android guy? Yeah, uh, no. Dude, Android? No. <laughs> <laughs> no green text from this motherfucker. Dial back in. Yeah, it's blue, bro. It's coming in blue. It's all blue. It's all blue, dude. The text message is all blue. Dial back in. Try try it on a phone or something, and then we'll we'll because we're live on air. We'll just keep going, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're the you're one of the most entertaining dudes on the planet, and I don't want the audience to uh, to think that you're iRobots. Um, oh, right, man. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll... Yeah, yeah. D dial back in, and then our producers will patch you back right. in here. Nick, I tell you what. While you figure out your technical difficulties, we'll go ahead and read. Read our sponsors who put this show on the air, and then hit us hit us back on uh, your iPhone, uh, if you will. Here, uh, first and foremost is KillCliffCBD.com. They are a title sponsor for, well, hopefully the rest of our lives. Uh, it's one of the greatest products of all time. Twenty five milligrams of CBD in every single can. Twenty calories per can. No carbs, no sugars, but a whole lot of fucking fun. God damn it. And Joe Rogan's got a new flavor on their lineup as well. It is pineapple and jalapeno. It's called the Flamin' Joe. Welcome to the show, Joe. You know, uh, maybe we should all get together and maybe do a little show together since I think it's just him and ours who, uh, who promote KillCoveCBD.com. Uh, for anybody out there who is got a real job in this world, 
the opposite of us. And you got to get drug tested. There is no THC in any of this. So you can have your CBD and eat it too. Is what you can do there at KillCliffCBD.com. No THC. You will not piss hot on a drug test. You are good to go. 25 milligrams in every single can. Go to KillCliffCBD.com today. Promo code Drinking Bros gets you 30% off and free shipping. Look, man, uh, grape is my favorite. Always has been, always will be. But this Flamin' Joe is making a nice run uh, for my money there. And uh, I'd say the fridge is divided right now. Um, between these two guys right now, go to KillCliffCBD.com today. Drinking Bros promo code for thirty percent off and free shipping. Next up, we got MyBookie.com. Look, we're doing a monster, monster Super Bowl show tomorrow. Every year we do these. There's uh, about two hundred prop bets, and we go through all of them. No stone unturned. We will fucking gamble on it. Uh, we do all of it. Uh, at mybookie.com, promo code Drinking Bros will have your deposit back. So, put in a, a grand, you're getting 500 back. You wake up in the morning with 1500 in your accounts. Wish uh, TD Ameritrade did the same, but they won't open to us. My bookie will actually give you a limit and say, "Hey, man, uh, you can only bet about five grand on the Super Bowl. Don't be a dick." Uh, so they let you know. Go to mybookie.com today. Again, huge Super Bowl tomorrow. Uh, prediction show tomorrow that we will go over all of these prop bets with you live on air, including D'Anthony and I's Super Bowl picks. Last but not least, we got ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. 40% off when you get a bundle package uh, that is including the adjustable base. So you got to get the adjustable base with it, which is sitting in our studio as we speak. It'll actually be on our Super Bowl show, and uh, there will be some people watching the game with all of us from a nice, lovely ghost bed. You see it in, in, the, in the screen now if you're watching on YouTube, but, you know, it'll be here all weekend. We're going to be using that remote control to go all the way up. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today, where, as always, they get a 36-month pay-as-you-go program. No interest there at uh, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. So you can bundle that all together. All of those deals are applicable, and uh, you're walking out of there like 35 bucks a month. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Last but not least is hellofresh.com forward slash drinking bros 10. That's hellofresh.com slash drinking bros 10. Use the code drinking bros 10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. My God, man, they are giving you free food take it uh it's my favorite dude i eat it five days a week sometimes six depending upon what happens and it's look the freshest ingredients you could possibly get it is shipped to your house you don't have to leave you don't have to go anywhere they give you a little tiny card that says hey man here's how to cook this here's for how long and it'll make you look like like a young puck like a, a young wolfgang puck uh looky there um for real, I, look, we've been eating this at our house for, I don't know, a year and a half at this point. It was one of those things that I, I reached out to HelloFresh, and I was like, hey, we love you. It would be easy to sell your products. I was not expecting them to come on the show and say, hey, yeah, we'll be on the show. We're also going to give you 10 free meals and free shipping for all your listeners to try out. So it's crazy, man. Uh, best in the biz, man. You know, 20 minutes, you're good to go, and it looks like you spent all day slaving over 
the stove. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DrinkinBros10 and use the promo code DrinkinBros10 at checkout for 10 free meals, uh, including free shipping. It's HelloFresh.com slash DrinkinBros10. And use the promo code DrinkinBros10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. And uh, it's America's number one meal kit. There's a reason for it. You'll see when you get it. 10 free meals, free shipping. What are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash DrinkinBros10. Use that promo code DrinkinBros10 for 10 free meals and free shipping on the way out of there. Also, I was not lying at the top of the show. It really is D'Anthony's birthday. Uh, well, Saturday it is. Saturday. Yeah. But we're, it's, a, we're, it's a week-long celebration, and we're going through the streets, and we're celebrating the life of D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway. There's not a whole lot to celebrate in my life. No, there is. There is. Do you have a new lady who you... Who you uh, no? No. Any side pieces? A uh, couple of wings. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just a couple of wings out there trying to make it happen. Yeah. Maybe some ranch, mm. blue cheese with that. Yeah. A uh, it depends a on the blue cheese, blue really. Cheese. You know what I mean? Blue, I feel like uh, ranch is pretty consistent, but blue cheese from restaurant to restaurant can be really bad sometimes. You know yeah, I mean? I, around the horn. I so, mean, good good blue cheese, and, and I do. I am interested in, in someone, yes. Okay, great. It's not progressed that far, but anyways. Uh, uh, blue, blue cheese, cheese or so ranch? Consistent. When it's good, when blue cheese is good, yeah. it's blue cheese all day. Okay, you know what I mean? The contrast. But the with, with wings, what are you ordering? Blue cheese or ranch? If it's a place where I know that it's good blue cheese, I order blue cheese. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm blue cheese all day. I don't care but how I usually shitty get both. the blue cheese is. I usually get both. Yeah. But if it's, okay. you know. I don't I go, care. I go blue cheese. Yeah, I go blue cheese. There's actually a wing shortage going on right now. Shut the fuck up. Are you trying to short the wing market now, asshole? No, I'm not trying to short the wing market. <laughs> if you are, you are, and that's fine. But uh, yeah, man, I, I'm blue cheese all day. My wife is ranch. And it's she's a fucking well. She's a white bag. woman though. I mean, white yeah. women. White, well, if, Nick if you Swisher's look, back. We'll see if he's blue cheese or ranch. Yeah, there, there we go. go. Blue cheese or ranch? How you feeling? Um, we'll sit. Let, let him type in. But it it, it it he appears better now. There you go. Yeah, it looks good. Un, he's smiling. Un, unmute your thing. Look in the bottom left uh, corner. Yeah, unmute it, and then we're good to go. Nope. Is it better? Now? There you go. Yeah, yeah. There it is. I think we got him. <laughs> I just let me know. Let me know. I'm coachable, guys. I'm coachable. <laughs> we need to know blue cheese or ranch. Yeah, blue cheese or ranch on your wings. That's where we were right. going. Blue cheese? No, that's not it. It's not <laughs> it. Give you that funky aftertaste. That ain't it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm blue cheese all day till I die. I don't understand the the ranch. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I it's don't. Chunky. You know what I mean? It gives you kind of like that moldy vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I will live with that and then live with the, the remainder of the night. Um, and then there's also people who are just flats only. My wife is flats only in ranch, no. and she's the biggest dirtbag I know. I like to mix it up. Well, first of all, she's a white woman, which means she probably has a whole fucking thing of ranch dressing in her purse right now. She does, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just carry that shit around. That and fucking murder mysteries. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, and it's and all, she's Hidden Valley Ranch, too. Not, not oh even God. like the good ranch. Yeah, dude. She That's fucking like sucks. That's like the white trash ranch. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Are you married, Nick? Yes, sir. Ten years, baby. Just had it this past November, bro. Shit. Oh, so it's a, it's close to your birthday then. You got married close to your birthday? Yeah, we got married uh, December 11th, 2010. 12, 11, 10. Mm. Yep. Really easy to remember. Yeah, you got it. You got to do that. Um, that's why I had both my kids on super easy to remember numbers. One is 4, 14, 14. 
The other one is 8, 18, 18. So, so I could you, uh, never fuck you it up. You scheduled it out, huh? Yes. You were yeah. like watching your watch right there. Oh, cream pie, right? Because then you know exactly. nine months later. And then I, on, the, on the second one, I made my wife, because she was uh, a week overdue, like eight days overdue. And I said, hey, why don't you fucking hold off on this so it can be 8, 18, 18. Mm. And, uh, and it happened. So it just goes to show you, Nick, that, uh, you know, a strong backhand, and you can get anything accomplished in this world. Totally kidding. Uh, totally well, kidding. you know, <laughs> don't, don't count it out entirely. No, no. Sometimes no. you got to grab people. A good leader knows that sometimes you have to grab people by the chin strap, right? Yeah. And say, hey, get it together. Get it, get it together. Or if yeah. you're Bobby Knight, the throat. Or the chair. Grab yeah. a, a throat or a chair. Yeah. Um, Nick, who's the, uh, the biggest badass you ever played for? Manager-wise? Yeah. Uh, I probably at the time, uh, I'd probably have to say Ken Maka. I don't mm. know if you guys remember Ken Maka with the Oakland A's. Yeah. Milwaukee Brewers. I think he was like a second or third degree black belt at the time. Oh, shit. And, you know, you got to remember, man, like coming up with the Oakland A's, I mean, we were just a bunch of young punks, bro. We were all 22, 23, 24-year-old kids trying to figure it out. And Ken Maka was trying to wrangle us all together, bro. And that didn't exactly work out too well. But at the end of the day, I mean, he was a big man, bro, 6'4", 6'5", 240, 245 pounds. And, yeah, bro, you know, he had that karate stuff. He'd do all that stuff, right, you know? Didn't I he, never really saw him, but I never really wanted to try it either, you know? Didn't he play in Japan, like, back in the 80s or some shit? Like, he, or coached, yeah. maybe coached back in the 80s? I don't remember. Yeah, kid, yo, Mock's been around for a while, man. Well, you he's, know? he's a thousand years old, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so you were part of the whole Billy Ball shit. Um, Does it work? Like, were you amped about it? I know they didn't pay any of those guys anything, you know, at that time. But uh, looking back on it now, is Billy Ball legit and and could other people do it? Well, it's a prime example. Look at the the Oakland A's over the last couple years. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays, Mm. right? When you have one of the lower payrolls in the league, yet you find an algorithm to to win – I, I think there, that there's something to be said for that. You know, I've been able to play for one of the lowest payroll teams in the league, like the Oakland A's, and also one of the highest payroll teams to the New York Yankees. So I think that if you have such a squad like the Oakland A's where you don't have a lot of, you know, uh, different sorts of stuff uh, and, you know, money at your fingertips, mm-hmm. you have to find a way to compete on the field. And for myself, being able to be drafted by the Oakland A's in, in 2002 and Billy Bean giving me my shot, bro. Like, I love that guy. I always will. I mean, he gave me the ability to play in the big leagues and, and, and to make a living for myself and my family. So at the end of the day, man, I love me seeing Billy Bean, bro. I mean, he's a hero to me, you mm. know? Yeah, man. Uh, his, you know, obviously his life was in, uh, in the movie with Jonah Hill. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, it was Brad Pitt's movie. Look, if you're going to have anybody play you in a biopic and it's Brad Pitt. No, you know you're a G, bro. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like, we all knew everybody that was part of that Moneyball book in 2002, right? When it all came out, we had seven first-round draft picks that year. And the book was mainly about the draft style and how they went about gaining their players, mm. as well as the run the 2002 team had. We all knew when Brad Pitt took that role, we were like, oh, fuck this, man. Ain't none of us going to be in there, bro. You're, you're not even going to hear our names. Mm. So, <laughs> so it was like, hey, Brad Pitt took over, bro. And all of us were like, oh, shit, man. That, that was our chance, dude. That was our chance to get in the movie, you know? I know, man. I, it's, it's weird, too, because with you in particular, like, dude, you know, to, keep, to put it in Hollywood terms, 
you were in an independent film essentially with the Oakland A's and then in a Marvel superhero movie with the Yankees where it was just endless money and hey, who gives yeah. a fuck? Which was better? Uh, probably winning a World I, Series in 2009. Hey, yeah, I mean, bro, come on. Like, I came up with the A's when I was, like, 22 years old, right? Like, I kind of grew up a little bit. But then I went to New York and got to experience everything that New York City has to offer, right? You know, being able to win a championship there, being able to wear the pinstripes, being able to have that place almost as, like, a family to me at this moment in my life. And to be able to go back to the city and to still have that relationship with all the fans, I mean, like, Bro, I'm, I'm like, I'm like one of the luckiest guys on the planet, bro. Like not many people get to experience that. So for me, man, you know, I may not be born in, in the state of New York, man, but I, but I feel like I was bred there in the Bronx, bro. So I got a lot of love for the city, uh, a lot of love for everything that goes into that and could not have been more blessed to have experienced all of that. And you're also like a fan favorite. Um, and I feel like everywhere you go, probably people just buy you fucking shots or drinks no matter what. <laughs> Yeah, man. You know, one of the coolest things that I ever saw was when we won the World Series in 09 and we did the parade. And by the way, dude, the parade is so badass. You don't even know, right? Like you're looking up. People are like sitting outside the windows of the buildings, right? Dropping, you know, all sorts of paper and stuff. And it looks like it's snowing and it's just absolutely amazing. But I'll never forget one sign was from a guy and he said, I'd give my firstborn to party with Nick Swisher. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, bro. Me and you, we got a party. Sure. So what'd so you, what you, what, did you so go up and take like, his kid? Yeah, I would have taken that guy's fucking kid what'd you do with and the said, kid? now what, dude? Like, this is my, like, go ahead and full on blindside, start training the kid to be a baseball <laughs> player and shit. Prove it, bro. Prove it. Yeah. Yes. But give I me that kid. Did. Let's go. Yeah. Get, I, I would have said, give me your fucking baby, dude. Like, <laughs> wake up your wife. I'm taking your baby. You wrote a sign. Yeah. It's, it's a technical contract. I will sign on the bottom. Let's do some shots. And I'm taking that baby and I'm going to raise it as my fucking own. Yeah. That's a pretty good flex, you know, too. Bro, I have been very lucky, man. I've been able to share a relationship with the fans of the game of baseball in such a great way, man. Like, I don't know why it was me, right? Like, I don't know why I'm the guy that got to have all these amazing relationships and experience, you know, all these amazing things. But if it wasn't for, game, if it wasn't for the game of baseball, bro, like, I, mean, I don't know what I'd be doing, bro. I'm maybe working at a gas station or something. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Fill her the fuck up, dude. I'd, I'd order. Look, New Jersey's the only place where they pump your own gas. I'd roll over to Jersey and have you pump my gas, dude. Because I, I, I get out of that gas too, bro. Because it's it's one of those things to me where you know you look at sports in general, and we talk about branding on the show all the time. I think the commissioner of baseball wishes they could put your personality inside Mike Trout's body today. Yeah. And that would be just the ultimate fucking gangbusters face of baseball for the world. But right now, the face of baseball, you know, the best player is Mike Trout. And he doesn't want to do a goddamn lick of press, no, he's, social media, commercials, yeah. anything. He's Marshawn Lynch in baseball, basically. Like, he doesn't necessarily shy away from the press. He just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is fine because for him, either way, he's going to make his next contract is probably going to be half a billion dollars, right? Like, for real. So, it's yeah. like. Or he's going to make half a billion between now and the end of his career. So does he really care? Probably not. No. I, and yeah. the, the strange thing was, so at my, at my production company, we shot a commercial with him. And uh, like, here's who he really is in real life, for real. Because um, if you're like, oh, man, you must know these guys. What? No. Uh, so he said he'd given a, a call time. He was like, look, 
I'll do this thing because it was part of Major League Baseball and they needed him to do it. But he goes, I'm doing one take, two if I fuck it up. Um, and he goes, it'll be from 220 to 225, and that is it. Um, and then I've got to go back to the batting cage and work on, like, he is an animal when it comes to training and oh, yeah. his routine and everything else, and he does not want anything interrupting it. And sure enough, he got there. He did the one take. Uh, he got it right, didn't miss any of the dialogue, and then left, and that was it. Mike Trout, you maybe saw him for three minutes total on set, and that was it, and he moved on with his life. Now, if we had your personality and you were in Mike Trout's body leading the charge for baseball, baseball might be one of the biggest sports on the planet. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, you know, that you're, you're right. I mean, we are trying to put somebody like Mike Trout in our game because he is our best player. Mm. Uh, but then again, I kind of think to myself, like, you know what? If you don't want that, bro, we're going to slide some other people in there. We're going to slide the Mookie Betts in the world. We're going to slide the Aaron Judges in the world in there, right? Like, if you don't want to be the face of baseball, that's okay, right? I just got done watching a, a doc on Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird was like that. Bro. Yeah. He wanted to do with all that. But as long as he went out there and put the numbers up, then everything was good. The only problem is, is that Mike Trout's on a team that hasn't been to the playoffs but one time in his career. So the best player in the game – the best player in the game, we don't get an opportunity to witness when we want to see it, right? Which is postseason time. Even last year with the expanded playoffs, the Angels still didn't make it in there. So I think that when you're talking about somebody like that, it's hard because you can't change somebody's personality. I mean, I don't know if you guys have kids. I got two little girls mm -hmm. and, you know, you want them to be a certain way, but at the end of the day, they're just going to be who they are. And sometimes we just have to accept that. And, you know, in my mind, I feel like the fact that we have sports going on right now in general is just amazing. The sacrifices that these guys and these women have gone through to put live sports on the air for us um, is amazing. So yeah. Do you want Mike Trout to be a little more vocal and be a little more stand up? Of course, but I don't think we're going to get that, bro. So I think we're going to have to go searching somewhere else for somebody that wants to keep that light on somebody like a magic Johnson with that booming personality mm. and that huge smile, because <clears throat> that's infectious. No doubt. Yeah. Speaking of infectious, Magic Johnson. Uh, nailed it, Nick. Uh, he got HIV. There it is. That's a, that's a classic <laughs> HIV joke that you missed with infectious and describing oh, Magic boy, Johnson. Come on. You, you're only going to get that this on is Drinking Bros, obviously. This is a super highbrow show. Really, really. We clearly, with our uh, O.J. Simpson jersey, take things very seriously. Right? Very seriously. By the yeah. way, still looking for the, the real killers. Yeah. O.J. is uh, right behind Dan. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, shit, uh, that, that's the only gripe about baseball right now is, you know, it, the game is slower than everything else. Everybody's got ADD and it's either going to be gigantic personalities that bring people out or bring out the ratings, or I'm not sure how much longer it can survive on that level. Um, it's strange because, you know, it used to be America's pastime. I think it's clearly NFL at this point, right? Well, I, I feel like you have the, uh, the personalities, right? You have the, the guys that aren't scared to put themselves out there and to be themselves and to really showcase that. And I think we could use a little bit of that more in baseball. Like you're saying, you know, baseball's a little slow. It's a little stale. Uh, it's a little old school. It needs to catch up with the times. Mm. Um, you know, and I felt like last year, the commissioner was trying to do a little bit of that by implementing some new rules uh, and some fun new things that at least people could get down on. Um, cause it's like, for me, like, listen, I'm a baseball historian, bro. I, I love the game. I have since I was born. I know a lot about it, but I don't want to see the pitcher coming up with the bases loaded in the seventh inning. You know what I'm saying? Like get rid of that guy for good, right? Yeah. Let the DH come mm -hmm. in both leads, 
people like watching home runs. I do too. Like, let's see people yeah. hitting that shit 500, 600 feet. Yeah. Bring the greenies back. Let the boys get pumped up. And let's bring some excitement back yeah, to the I agree. I agree. Yes, bring the greenies back, I want, dude. I want, bring the Andro back, I want brother. TRT and Adderall and everybody all the time. Yes, dude. And let's, crushed up Adderall, let's, too. Let's, let him snort it, dude. Let's That's, see what, get it real quick. Let's, let's tap into human potential and see what we can really do. That's exactly That's what, what I'm talking like, about. This, uh, ultimately, the, the purest baseball stuff and baseball is the worst about this i don't know why i think it's all these old fucking white dudes mm -hmm. that, that are the baseball writers and you can see based on who they choose to let and not let into the hall of fame it's the most fucked up shit of all like people didn't vote for hank aaron to get into the hall of fame there were people who voted against him or didn't vote for him right like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah right yep. like what possibly Somebody voted against Derek jeter right yeah. like how do you do that ken griffey jr right like how do you do that you know what i'm saying like how, how, how are guys still on the list nine yeah. years later? Uh, and, and for some reason, it's like it goes up every year. But not enough to get in, yeah. but just a little bit to keep them on that ballot. Yeah, you know? Kurt, Kurt Schilling missed by, what, three points yeah. last year yeah, or some yeah. shit like that? Yep. Or this year, rather? Yeah. I mean, it's, it is what it is. He's, he's not a popular guy amongst the writers, but it's, it's not a goddamn popularity contest. No, it's, 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 it's about whoever the best was. Like, they're like, oh, I mean, you have to be of high moral character. Ty Cobb fucking stabbed somebody on the field, motherfucker. Yeah. And he was racist as shit. Are we going to kick his ass out? Right? Yeah. Babe Ruth was hey. a total dirtbag. Mickey Mantle was drunk fucking everybody's wives all the time. Yeah. I bet you that the one guy who voted against Jeter, I, Jeter probably fucked his wife. Maybe, yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. Um, so. I like to think he was probably a little older. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure Derek Jeter's, you know, you had to be pretty impressive to get, <laughs> Look, you know, to hang with Jeter. You know what I mean? We but all. The end of the, right. Yeah, I we, mean, like, for sure it is. It, it's a little old. Uh, there's not as much, um, I don't know. It seems like it needs to get a little younger. It seems like it needs to open up a little bit more. Uh, and like you're saying, like, you know, it is very pure. It, it, it has been for the longest time. And, you know, hopefully, you know, with, you know, the new generation coming up, uh, we can make it a little more swaggier. We can make mm. it a little more exciting. Um, because listen, man, like, you know, they're trying to speed up the game. So they get everyone off, you know, by 10 o'clock because mm. that's what people stop watching. Like, People are gonna stop watching in general if it's just, yeah. if it continues to keep going this Look, way. Look, people so. people weren't fucking worried about how long the game was when McGuire and Sosa were crushing fucking home runs. Ugh, no one awesome. no one gave a fuck. Everybody in America, every every time one of those guys had an at bat or Bonds in two thousand three and four, every time they had an at bat, ESPN whatever the fuck they were showing, fucking switched to that at bat. Yeah, everybody yeah. was excited about baseball. Who gives a fuck? Like. Right now, baseball is controlled by a bunch of old dummies that are, that are pissing away their opportunity. This is an entertainment sport. That's it. Yes. Sport. That's a great point, bro. Yeah. Like, it, sports are to entertain people, yeah. right? That's it. And and if, I 100% agree with you, bro. You're right, 100%, man. I mean, no what, what, are we, what are we doing? It's, it's like having a guy that, that does uh, uh, like traditional door-to-door uh, -door sales marketing, right, mm -hmm. in a digital media company today. Like, that motherfucker's going to fail and run your company into the ground. That is exactly what's happened to Major League Baseball right now. Anytime yeah. anybody shows any kind of personality, they fucking try to shut that motherfucker down. You know what I mean? And it's only if the fans uh, embrace the personality and make it, uh, I guess, too big to fail. Like, David Ortiz is one of those guys. Huge personality, right? And, uh, 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 in my opinion, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Should be, mm -hmm. anyways. I mean, he, everybody talks about that Mitchell report. We were talking about it before the show. The Mitchell report... If you read into this shit, there were more people on the Mitchell report 
than there were tests administered, right? That means there's, it's impossible for everybody on that list to have tested positive or something. But he got tested. His best 13 years came after that, right? right. He had 452 home runs in that span, uh, more, more RBI than, than strikeouts as a yeah. power hitter, which is a big deal for Hall of Fame, right? He had 1,400 or so uh, RBI and like 1,200 strikeouts or something like that. He was a great hitter. And there's no, oh, yeah. there's no proof of any of that and shit. Yeah, clutch as fuck. I mean, Jesus Christ. That year, they came back from 03 against, well, you guys. Yeah, I, uh, hey, I know. You I know. <laughs> stepped up pretty good. I mean, I know you got PTSD from that. Sorry to bring it up. But that's the thing, man. It's like, at the end of the day, you're still going to get pushback from somebody for that. Right? You know, it's like, listen, bro. Like, just because he was a designated hitter yeah. and he didn't play in the field all the time doesn't take away from anything that guy oh, did no. on the field. And why? Right? The- like, look at reality now. He's working for Fox, bro. Yeah. Like, he's on the stage. Like, social media-wise, yeah. he's killing it. Listen, bro, like, this guy got shot and came back, like, bigger than he was before. <laughs> he got shot because you know he was big at a drug dealer's wife. Yeah, and I really want to, awesome. uh, since you brought it up. I mean, that's like, awesome, that, It's a great time to Good say, look, him. if you're going to fuck a drug dealer's wife <laughs> in a foreign country, don't buy the girlfriend an $85,000 Lexus. Yeah. The morning before you're going out to the club Just with your boys or you're going to end up in a drive-by. Yeah, be smart. But he survived that too, and that should be on his Hall of Fame resume. Where I it's agree, just like, yeah. All right, great. They should, they should take the bullet and put it in Cooperstown. Yes, dude. Put by it- the way, why are a bunch of fucking old bitches that have never played organized sports in their life that write about the achievements of better men deciding who is and isn't worthy of the Hall of Fame? Get fucked with that bullshit. Yeah, God I don't understand it, it either. Why isn't former players... It should, well, they have the they have the veterans committee, right? That, that's that's why Kurt Schilling was like, "Listen, I have one more year left to be on the ballot. If I'm not, if I don't get selected this year, I'm off the ballot completely." That's why he said, "I'll wait for the veteran committee because those are ex players making the decisions of you know their you know colleagues, right? I mean, that's how Harold Baines got in. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who else got in last year that was was up in the air for the longest time trying to figure out if they deserve to be in or not?" I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it, it is there. There should be something to be said for, you know, being the man in the arena, mm. you know, and making those judgment calls. I think that's why guys really appreciate the all star nods from their colleagues, right, from their you know teammates or guys they play against, because that means a whole lot to guys, especially if it comes from your, your, your opponents. Yeah, of course. I mean, why? The, I feel like the players of the era should be the ones that vote you in or out of the Hall of Fame. Not old writers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, give me a break. Like, there. Look, not to not that all these writers are bad people. Obviously, it, particularly in baseball, we've had some of the best of all time, like Peter Gammons, Tim Kirchin, people like that. Bill Plasky, amazing. Yep. I, I'm not a huge Plasky fan, but uh, <laughs> Kirchin and, and Gammons are the two two of the best, most smartest, well informed people about baseball in the history of the game. Right? I they can. I, I would accept that vote but these other guys that have like agendas or they want to like we got to keep the game pure for who dude for yeah. who not yeah, it's, the, it's not for the fucking fans because they're not watching the goddamn games anymore yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. doesn't make yep, any sense keep, like ken rosenthal uh, you know uh, uh tom verducci those guys are good yeah. right they're great writers they they give it how it is and also too you got to remember those guys are a little younger mm. than other writers you know what i mean so they have a little more insight on what the game is like today rather than what it was like five generations ago you can't compare guys that play in different generations you just can't do it the game is different it's always changing the athletes are always changing so i think for myself it's hard to compare those guys right it's hard to compare you know like a a babe ruth to 
you know, uh, uh, a Mark McGuire or somebody like that mm. in today's age. It's hard to do that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm one of these people, um, you know, who looks at it like, you know, shit, I love baseball. I don't want to see baseball go anywhere. Um, and, and, you know, we host, a, obviously, a huge sports show. And I'm like, you know, I would rather not see the Tampa Bay Devil Rays into that World Series last year because it would have been better for ratings if it would have been Dodgers versus Yankees. Mm. New York, L.A. would have elevated the game and elevated the ratings and all that stuff. Same way it was in the, when the Cubs got in there. You know the commissioner was just sitting there praying that the fucking Devil Rays didn't uh, win that series. Um, I look at it from both sides, right? Like, you know, kind of like a David versus Goliath matchup in a sense, right? I mean, like, the Dodgers were going up for their third third time, right? Going up for the World Series, right? So I think that was more of the storyline. And then all of a sudden you got Randy Rosarina just showed up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. He's hitting home runs left and right, which was awesome. And it was kind of fun to watch that Sandlot group of the Tampa Bay Rays really kind of rise to the top. And all of a sudden, I think it gave a lot of people a lot of um, confidence to say, listen, you don't have to have the highest payroll in the game to be competitive. Now, as a player, I'm thinking to myself, this is the worst thing ever, mm. right? The Rays are showing everybody they kick ass from paying these dudes absolutely nothing. So I think it's good for the game, but it's also bad for the game. You know, for somebody like me that wants to be a manager someday down the road, you know, you got to keep up with the times. You got to figure out exactly how it's going to work. Right. You know, I think nowadays there's so much talent around the league that you can't just buy championships anymore. I think you have to build from within. And the Tampa Bay Rays are one of those organizations that have showed people that, hey, if you, you know, if 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 you can build them from within, you have your algorithm of of what works for you, uh, then you can win and you can be successful. So I think it's good for the game and bad for the game. Yeah, I mean, it's the same as uh, I, the NFL is learning a very hard lesson again with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Do not pay running backs, man. You have to, as, <laughs> you have to, you have to show some restraint, you yeah. know, as a, a general, I mean, not that Jerry Jones has any, he's a knucklehead, but all these other teams that pay running backs, never. Not you should never pay them more than like I don't know double minimum wage maybe yeah because it's right? you have the same in baseball where yeah. they're paying these pitchers you know a gajillion dollars and it's wild to me a guy that a guy that goes like uh, seven and nine on a season with a four and a half ERA is getting like a ten to fifteen million dollar contract just because he can eat up innings yeah. Like, is it really, are we really out of pitching? Is that how it is? Last year was the first year, look, with Clayton Kershaw's salary that a, a gigantic pitcher with that kind of contract, <clears throat> I think finally came through. But even him, it wasn't really so much Kershaw. It was the other guys as well. Mm. So, like, um, you said you wanted to be a manager. Where are you spending yeah. your money first? If, if you had the choice to go in there, you know, to the GM and said, all right, here's what I need. Here's where I would like the majority of the money to go. I, I, I believe in uh, I believe in defense. I believe in pitching, right? I mean, obviously, you know, I, I love I'm an offensive guy, but I know from you know being part of the game for as long as I have that the best offensive teams I've been on weren't necessarily champions, right? The best defensive teams, the best pitching staffs, right? Having Mariano at the back of the bullpen to shut down each and every game, I think is huge. I think I'm I, I'd go by the old saying. You got to be strong up the middle, right? right. Catchers, second baseman, shortstops, pitchers, center fielders. Those guys right there, I think, are, are, are huge. And, you know, I think, you know, right now, I mean, even for us as Yankee fans, you know, I mean, you know, look at Gary Sanchez and what kind of he's going through right now. I mean, showed up, hit 30-some bombs his rookie year, and now there's been a lot of question marks. You know, I mean, JT Real Muto just signs back, you know, with the Philadelphia Phillies. I think he's one of the better dual threat catchers mm. in the game. 
Um, you know, my father was a catcher, so I'm a little biased, man. I love him. He's my hero, my idol. Uh, so I think for me, man, I'm going for starting pitching um, and, and, and definitely some catchers, no doubt. I mean, look at the uh, power starting pitching wins in the playoffs. It just does. I mean, it does, but look, it's so expensive. It, it it can be expensive, but I mean, if you don't need you don't need that many. You need a a good closer. You need a solid bullpen <laughs> that can eat up innings, mm-hmm. and you need two starting pitchers that are that are good in crunch time and get strikeouts. Kurt Schilling, Randy Johnson, right? right? You you put those guys. For, forget about that one year in Arizona. You put them on the same team for four or five years, they're probably going to win two or three championships just because of those two motherfuckers. When right they were there. younger, yeah. yeah. Uh, but look, I would have said the same thing with the Braves. I'm a diehard Braves fan. No, no, no. And, uh, Braves, Braves in the play. I mean, Glavin had some good playoff games, but uh, even as great as Maddox was, he's not a power pitcher, man. Right. You know what I mean? You, you don't pitch the contact in the playoffs. You need big moments. You need somebody yeah. that can come in and shut <laughs> shit down. Mm-hmm. Guy like Johnny Smoltz, bro. Yeah. I mean, Smoltz was lights out. Lights out in the yep. playoffs. Yep. Always has been, always was, bro. Every time he took them out. Yeah. And I think that's where guys are going now. You see the wave of the game now, uh, now with like driveline pitching, things like that. It's like you see these kids on Instagram crow hopping, throwing balls into the net mm. as hard as they can. You never used to see that back yeah. in the day. Now what? you're seeing this whole new wave of people being proud to be POs, yeah. pitcher only, right? Yeah. They're proud to be those guys. They don't want to be the two-way guys anymore because at the end of the day, I mean, hey, bro, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, like, listen, bro, I throw that thing 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a pretty good shot, dude. I got a pretty good shot of being successful. I feel like over the last five years, it seems like half the new guys coming up throw 100 these days. Yeah. And it reminds yeah, well, me I, of something it, that uh, – it, it reminds me of something that Tom House and Nolan Ryan used to say. They used to say your arm will rust before it wears out, and I really believe that. I mean, we, we've – even in, like, uh, Little League, like, oh, you can't throw too many. You can, you can only throw, like, 50 pitches in a game or whatever it is. That's fucking stupid, dude. When I was in Little League <laughs> back in the day, like, I, I pitched a season. Uh, I think it was my uh, 12-year-old season. And um, I pitched, like, 48 innings, and I had, like, 115 strikeouts. I struck everybody out, right, because I threw gas. So, uh, and I threw and threw and threw and threw and threw. My arm never wore out. I just got, you know, I, I, I left, obviously, to go do military shit after a while. But I, I don't believe that shit. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if you're if you're not building up the the, the muscles and and the uh, the uh, stabilizing tendons around your shoulder as a child, if you're not throwing the ball all the goddamn time, you're never gonna make it. Yeah. Never. Uh, well, what do you, you know? What's amazing? The fact that you can remember your 12 year old stats bro, well, is fucking amazing, Doc. <laughs> I am a little autistic, so. Yeah, he is. He really is autistic. So, bit, um, yeah. yeah, no R in that. Just uh, com- just autistic in that one. <laughs> and what we like to do here, Nick, is uh, take childhoods very seriously. Um, if you can grab the the Blue Dragons jersey that we had uh, framed, I don't know if you know this, Nick, but um, you know, I-, I myself am a coach as well. Uh, I coached my uh, six-year-old soccer team uh, to a championship in the state of Texas here. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this into frame for you here. Um, I had his jersey because he's a, a champion, obviously. Yeah, stepping out of stuff. Um, I had his six-year-old jersey shadow box and framed right there. Boom. That's amazing, bro. So you're welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, they're, they're little tiny champions and he deserved it. Uh, and then I, I bought myself a, a five foot trophy back there, uh, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, I wasn't happy with what the league gave me, Nick. I, agree. I 
agree, right? Go big or go home. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't happy with the, what the league gave me, so I went ahead and bought myself a five footer. You also a got a uh, you also uh, got a tattoo on the small of your back, didn't you? I did, yeah. I did, um, and that was just the whole team, obviously uh, yeah, celebrating. So he has a portrait of like nine children on the small of his back. It's <laughs> if you ever go to prison, you're fucked. Yeah, but it's a you know it's a nice little reminder of what I did as a coach and a father and a husband and a and a very yeah. generous lover, obviously. But uh, yeah. <laughs> This five footer, and I, then I feel you on that five foot trophy right there. We have a uh, a yearly kickball game every year around Christmas, and that's what we play for. And it gets pretty intense, you know. My daughters are seven and four, but they know not to be messing around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, bring your A game or don't bring anything at all. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it doesn't matter what it is in this life. If you're a professional baseball player, uh, a twelve year old, or a six year old soccer, like bring the shit. Um, knock it off, orange slices after the game, and then get in there. Like, dude, the trophy is the most important thing. Winning is the only thing. Um, and if you're a loser, you sleep on the garage you know, floor like Tiger Woods. You, is you know what I want to do? I want to get <clears> – <throat> I think we should raise some money and fund Aubrey Huff to go around to, to elementary schools and talk to kids about participation mm. trophies. <laughs> I want to hear him talk to children about participation trophies and just, like, call a whole room full of kids pussies. Like, don't be a fucking pussy, all right? Look at my goatee. Hey, hey, Aubrey Huff, dog, he don't mess around, bro. Fuck no, he doesn't. He don't mess I love that, dude. He is, he is direct <laughs> yeah. to the point, bro. 100%. <laughs> He's been on this show a couple of times before. Yeah. He gives zero fucks. Yeah. And he'll tell you the carabas of where to pick up like the, the hottest cougars that uh, you can definitely bed that night. Yeah, in Phoenix. He'll give you the location and the address. Archie like, Bradley hey, said the same thing about Fe or, uh, Scottsdale. Scott yeah, yeah, yeah. is where Archie Bradley goes to find. Well, he's got a girlfriend now. But back uh, in the, obviously, back in, back in the day, you're married now. But back in the day, where were the hot spots for you in, well, New, he was York? in New York? Yeah, yeah. Where were the hot spots for you in New York? Remember, we came up. You know, we came up in Oakland, right? So Scottsdale spring training was awfully, you know, awfully fun. And then when you go into the Bay Area, mm. right? I mean, you can go like you know. I was trying to think of uh, uh, maybe like San Ramon, mm. like Danville area yeah. back in the day. Yeah. I mean, that was early thousands. We're talking, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like everybody had their little spots. And, you know, you always tried to find those. I mean, that was before, you know, camera phones and the whole nine. So it's a little easier back then. Now, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what these dudes do now. Right. I mean, like, you got to be real, real careful nowadays. I know. Yeah, you, you need can't that, get away uh, with anything. You, you need no. that Tony Stark thing that zaps camera or the Batman thing that zaps cameras when they're around you or some shit. Yeah. Uh, Danville's where Steph Curry lives. That's where all the rich people in the Bay Area live now. Correct. By the way. But uh, where did you live when you lived? <laughs> hey, is that where they're at now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He's got like a massive fucking house over there. Uh, where did you live when you were in Oakland? I lived in uh, Piedmont. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We lived. Uh, we actually lived in Blackhawk, okay. right? In that gated neighborhood. We had like five roommates, dude. And it was epic. It was so awesome, dude, because... You know, I mean, at that place, you know, we were trying to find guys you want to live with the mm. whole nine. And at the time we were all single. Mm. So we were like, man, let's 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 go out here. Let's get a nice house in this gated neighborhood, bro. And we're just a bunch of, you know, just a bunch of young punks, bro, <laughs> trying to figure it all out. Uh, we had some great neighbors, which really helped us out, kept us out of a lot of trouble for sure. Who's lucky we? you? Who's yeah. Who's, who's, the, who's Yeah. Who's your roommates on that one? Uh, so I had uh, Joe Blanton was one of okay. my roommates. Uh, uh, Rich Harden was one of my roommates. Uh, we had uh, Houston Street was one of my roommates. Uh, and then at that point, you know, come September, just whoever got called up that year, you know, we always just had them come crash at our place. So 
we we had we had the fun house for sure, no doubt. The See, Oakland Poonhounds. Yeah. You guys were treating that like it was a bunch of TikTokers in the Hollywood Hills, dude. I can't imagine what went on in there. You're married, so I'm not going to dig too deep. But uh, I want I I have a feeling it was a lot of Trojans around, and I'm not talking about the horses, my man. <laughs> we, hey, man, we, you know what? Just being able to have the ability to come up with so many young guys at the time. You know, when you go into a locker room, it's different because, you know, guys are all different ages. But for all of us, we were all those guys that kind of came from that Moneyball crew that we were all fighting to get up. And Oakland was one of those organizations that if you had success, you moved up the ladder. So, you know, I mean, you know, we we, we kind of ran right up the ladder in that organization. And to be able to get to the big leagues at such an early age, it was good and bad, right? Good because you're young and you're just, you know, you get to experience a lot of crazy things. But also, you know, hey, man, you, you got to learn, bro. You got to learn what you can and cannot mm. do because you got to be able to answer that bell every day. Yeah. Well, unless you're David the, Wells, then you just yeah. get even more fucked up. Wells is like, I'm not feeling good today. Let's, uh, let's drink this bottle of Jack so I can go pitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, yeah, we, we've had John Daly on the show, and that's oh, the yeah. closest, I think, that I can come to another athlete, if you want to call golf a sport. But it's uh, uh, golf is not a sport. Golf, like <laughs> when when baseball players are are relaxing on the weekend, they go play golf. Yeah, that's how you know it's not a fucking sport. That's how slow it is. Yeah. Um, hey, did you watch that Tiger Woods doc the other night? Oh yeah, bro. Oh yeah, on, the one on HBO. Yeah. Yes, sir. I was yes, all sir. I was all in on that thing. I dude, I did not know that his dad was banging girls in an RV on the 18th hole when he was a kid. After seeing that, I was like, shit, man. Of course, of course he almost he had no choice. Of course he turned into a poon hound then. Yes, yes, yes. I, 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 felt, I kind of felt bad for him after seeing that. I know, but you got to remember the two male role models he had as a child, his dad and then his, and then his, uh, and his dad's buddy, both of them were doing that. Mm. So when I, when I saw that, I'm thinking to myself, like, holy shit, like, he didn't know any different, right? Yeah. Like, this was just something that you did, right? Not only that, bro, like, how about the fact that his dad was as firm as what he was on his kid, man? Like, that's like, that's intense stuff. And uh, to the point where, you know, when Tiger was older, being able to, you know, he, he'd be with all those different girls and all he wanted to do was eat cereal and watch cartoons. Mm, like, yeah. that's crazy. Like a grown man because he never had the ability to be a kid. And I think that's where you run into a lot of problems when you try and get kids to grow up at a super uh, quick, quick rate. Yeah, and I look, I, I've seen it, you know, I've coached, let's see, T-ball and soccer, you know, a, a few of these leagues for my kids, right? And they're, like I said, he was six this year, and, and obviously this is a joke with, with all the shit that we do here because we think it's hilarious, um, but uh, in no way, shape, or form do I think my child is going to become a professional athlete. However, some of the other parents do, um, and you sit there and you have these conversations with them, and you're like, God, are you serious right now? Like, Well, I mean, it's sick, and... It's six years old. You don't know. So, at, dude, at five, I coached a t-ball team at five, right? <laughs> and uh, this this one kid was up, and he was having trouble hitting the ball off the tee, right? He's fucking five years old. I don't give a shit. Um, but, you know, there's a full team in the field. There's a full team that's waiting to bat, and they have an umpire and all that stuff. And uh, uh, as the coach, I had to put the ball back on the tee, and that's kind of what you do, right? Uh, you give them some instruction, but it's, it's pretty much like herding cats at that point. No lie, there was this one father who the kid just kind of kept tipping the ball off the tee, and they kind of let you just keep doing it until you hit it. Uh, and he looks at me, and he's got a huge, huge beaver dip in. You know, upper deck, upper deck dip. Clearly, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Top shelf dip, like clearly destroyed his lower. And it was an eagle claw. He was using, you know, four fingers to grab that out Three of there. Fingers. There it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then he, he put that in there and he looks at me and, uh, you know, he's kind of kind of yelling things to his kid, but like underneath his breath and I could kind of hear him. And I, and I go, Hey man, is there, is there a problem? Like, are, is, is everything okay? And he goes, man, uh, you know, my son is, uh, he's used to fast pitch. Uh, this, this T stuff isn't doing it, you know, cause I throw to him in the backyard and he's always hitting it over the fence or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool, man. But it's called T ball and your child is Five years old. Yeah, and also I don't know if you've ever heard of baseball before, but you didn't. You don't stop hitting a ball off a tee after tee ball. You do that for the rest of your fucking career. <laughs> yeah. So you better figure it out, bitch, because it's called hand-eye coordination. You, Jesus Christ! Yeah, you're right, man. I mean, I, I, you know, I've got nephews that I work with in the whole nine, and listen, man. If only point zero five percent of all athletes make it to the professional level. Mm. Why wouldn't we just want these kids to enjoy the game mm. rather than pressuring themselves so much? You know what I mean? I got two little nephews that are actually pretty good ball players. And at the end of the day, I tell them all the time, I'm like, listen, man, we don't need any more baseball players, bro. Like I already did that. We need <laughs> yeah. like doctors and teachers yeah. and like leaders. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not telling my kids or my nephews that to be a professional baseball player, I'm just teaching them to work hard at whatever they're doing, right? Like, how the hell do you know what your kid is going to do? 75% of all athletes stop playing by the time they're 12, Mm, right? Because all of a sudden they go into this next wave and they've been so drilled from the time they were 7 to 12, they played 100 games a year, I'd be burned out too. I'd be like, bro, I don't want to do this shit anymore. It's not fun. So for me, my style of coaching is always fun. I always try and make it fun because at the end of the day, I don't really care how good you are. I just want you to love it and come back to it. Because if you have a passion for it, I can promise you the amount of time that it takes to get to the professional level, you'll be able to put those hours in if you love it. For sure. And if you're a fan, you want to see people playing that are having fun and having a good time, right? Yeah. As as intense as Michael Jordan was, this shit, the shrug, shooting a free throw with his eyes closed just because he fucking can. Yeah. Going up for a layup and switching hands just because he can. You know, as intense as he was and as angry as he was out, out there on the court, he was having a great time the whole time. Yeah. He loved it. He loved the game. As, as intense as Kobe was, he loved the game. Yeah. Right? That's what, that's what I want to see as a fan. I don't want to see some guy that's calculated and miserable all the time. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right, right? Yeah, do you ever have, uh, like when you're coaching, do you, do you have parents come up and say, hey, man, I want my kids to be in the pros and like – what do they need to do and, and all that shit? And, like, are you honest with them? Are, do you ever say, hey, man, your kid isn't good enough to do it? Because I, no. I have. No, I never do that. <laughs> I'll do it for you if you'd like to send them my way. I will, yeah. <laughs> I did too, man. Someone, some, one parent got lippy with me after practice. You know, I was like, oh, my kid deserves more playing time or whatever. And I looked at him and I was like, Hey man, all of our kids are white. Like chances are they're not going to be professional athletes. I know mine isn't for Christ's sakes. And he was like offended by it. He was like, no, no, no. If he works hard. And I was like, yeah, but not really. Crazy bro. Like, you know, even from, you know, playing the game for as long as I have and, you know, being around it as much as I still am now, you know, I mean, even going to these literally games and watching the parents, like I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like this, like, and this is no offense to some parents, but some parents, may not have the best of genes that they have given to their kids. And I'm thinking to myself, you can't be the person yelling and screaming, you know what I'm saying? If you're sitting in your lawn chair and you need a couple people, you know what I mean, to help you move, you know what I'm saying? I I, I just don't, I don't get it. I'm thinking to myself, like, 
just love on these kids, man. Like, just like, you know, like get them to enjoy the game. Don't yell and scream because my biggest thing is I would much rather have kids put more pressure on themselves during practice than games because the game is when you should have the most fun. You've worked your ass off for hours all week long to play in the game. So why wouldn't you enjoy the game and, and smile more than you did in practice? I just, I don't quite understand that yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um, and, you know, and again, assess your kids. And, and if you're honest with yourself, you'll know if you need, what their real talents yeah, if, are. If you need uh, an outside consultant to tell you whether or not your child is going to. I'm bringing you guys in. I'm going to yeah. be like, hey, man, we need to have a meeting. I'm, I'm going to bring my two guys in here. Yeah. And we're, we're going we're gonna to get down to the brass tacks here. We're going yeah. to give it to you for real. Yeah, because yeah. my look, my kid plays sports. He's also in jujitsu, right? And uh, and I, I take that seriously. I'm like, hey man, I need you to take this seriously and protect your face. And he's always like, why? Why do I have to protect my face? And I was like, well, you're super good looking, and that's probably where the majority of your money is going to come from. So it's not so much the athletics, all right? I'm just trying to protect the money maker yeah. here, and, and then you'll be fine in gonna, life. It's not going to be the academics either. Let's be real. Well. Look, yeah. he's kind of smart. You never know. I'm a New York Times bestselling author, for Christ's sakes. Like, you don't know, but I'm still leaning towards the looks because I've seen more people succeed that are hotter in life than. But chicks also dig scars, right? Do they? Yeah, I, they, they dig do. scars if you have a like a huge wallet and a crazy story behind it. <laughs> so make up a fucking story. Who cares? Well, look, you know, it's not gonna, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, you're, he was on a shrimping boat and uh, he got harpooned and now he, he founded Bubba Gump Shrimp Co. Like that's not gonna be the story that people are no, gonna be like, oh all, man. Forrest Gump, all he got out of the deal was uh, uh, a kid and AIDS. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, what, and like Papa John, you look at Papa John, what the fuck did that guy do, dude? It, he seems like he just is sweating all the time. Yes. I just imagine if, if he's sitting at his house right now, he's probably just dripping with sweat for no reason. Well, Coke. I, oh, I, okay. Papa John. The Papa's on a lot well, of I don't Coke, I feel If like. that's the case, I don't want to judge that. It's not, I don't blame drugs for things. Obviously. And we don't, we're, we don't do that here, Nick. We don't blame drugs oh, on Oh, I thought you were going to say we don't do drugs. That's not correct. No. Dan, now, Dan does a lot of I drugs. I sure do, yeah. Um, and that's just to fight the demons away. <laughs> and, you know, that's why he's with us here. <laughs> Um, what does a guy like you do to unwind, by the way? Because you, you're super high energy, and, uh, and we love that. Um, what do you, does people ask you, like, what do you do to unwind? Like, do you just go home, lock the door, and put a little McGlocks on, some Sarah McLaughlin? Mm. Or Enya. It's probably Enya. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you're right. I mean, it is definitely a little interesting, you know, but I feel like I have the same energy level I did when I was eight as I do when I'm 40 now. So, you know, when I was eight, I'd be getting in trouble all the time. But now people are like, Oh, hell yeah, man. I love that guy's energy, bro. Mm. Like, it's it's cool now. But listen, bro, like, I thought I'd be the type of guy that I thought I'd have boys. I thought we'd be beating our chest, right? Like, you know, playing sports all the time. But I got two little girls, bro. And it's a completely different mindset for me. It's a completely different life and something I would not change for the world. I'm definitely a little more pulled back than I have been in the past. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm a girl dad, bro. Listen, man, like, at the end of the day, you need a braid. You need, you know, you need a kitchen set up, bro. You need any sort of toy put together. I'm your guy, bro. You know? Yeah. So. And that's great. <laughs> like, I can't build toys and shit, but God damn it, if I can write a check to pay someone to do it for me, you know? <laughs> you like every, Definitely. every toy underneath the Christmas tree, I'd paid somebody else to put together. And I felt good about that. Um, and also I didn't want to watch them do it. I was like, I'm going to leave the room. And I, I asked my wife, to, I was like, Hey, call me when they're done building this shit. Like, I don't want to look them in the eyes. Cause I can't put anything together. Uh, but the fact yeah. that you can put toys together and braid oh. hair is amazing. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm your guy, dude. Anything you need, girl, related, bro, I got it, man. I'm like Mr. Mom. I'm a stay-at-home dad, bro. I'm a taxi driver, short order cook, bro. Whatever you need, baby, I got you. <laughs> yeah, one of our buddies, uh, I can't mention his name or what he does because it's super secret, but he's got a couple girls, too. And he's always posting. He's like one of the toughest motherfuckers on earth, and I mean that in the most sincere way. He is a badass, and he's always walking around with glitter and fucking nail polish on. I'm yes, like, yeah. I guess that's just the life, dude. But it, that's actually a thing in the special operations community, the military. They all have girls, and I don't know if it. I don't know what that is. Obviously, we know that the 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 male genetics decide whether or not the child is male or female, right? Mm -hmm. It comes from us, uh, which is that whole Henry VIII thing. Whoopsie, whoopsie. <laughs> but uh. For for some reason, special operators always have girls. I don't know why. I think I, I don't know that actually. I don't believe in God, but that kind of makes me think there might be something going on. You know what I mean? Because like they're like, all right, you did all that shit. Here you go, fuck face. Yeah, and with, <laughs> with you, did you ever look back and be like, ah, shit, man, everything I did just caught up yeah. with me, and I had two girls. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, bro, I, I, I'm even going back to the first time when we did kind of the, this was before the gender reveals were like super cool, but I'll never forget going in and they're doing the sonogram, you know, and I'm, I'm looking in the, the, you know, the monitor and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm looking around. I don't, I don't see anything out of the ordinary, bro. And I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, maybe it's just, maybe it's in there. You know what I mean? It just hasn't quite came out yet. You know, I do the lady's like, I was like, is that a penis? She's like, no, Nick, it's not. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Right then and there, baby, I knew, like, this girl thing is right up my alley. My wife and I were talking about having a third, and I don't know if I could do, I, I don't know if I could do a boy, right? Like, I, I mean, I got nothing but girls in my life right now. Like, you know, my oldest, Emmy, she's, you know, she's seven, and, I mean, she's, she's like, she's like, she's the jam. My little younger one, she's me, man, little sailor. She's an absolute savage, bro, <laughs> and so I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I hear all these amazing stories about father-son relationships, but there's no better relationship that I'll ever have in my life other than with my wife than I have with my daughter. So I know it'd be great to have a boy, but I'm not quite sure if I got it in me, bro. I'm not quite sure if I got it in me. Are you done? Like, did you get snipped up? Um, you know, and nope, if... Not yet. Nope. Yeah, I, I haven't either. And uh, I, it's one of those things where it's like, dude, I want to... I want to leave it open, right? Like, let's say, uh, I don't know. I end up on a second or third wife. I'm 67 years old, and I want to Harrison Ford this shit and have another kid. I want the ability to be like, yeah, dude, I can still pump out seeds like Mick Jagger at like 70 years old and then create life and then leave this earth. And then, you know. I don't think I'm even going to start. Nothing. I'm not even going to start having kids until I'm like 45. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm affluent, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. It's not like I'm going to run out of money or anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'll just keep fucking dealing with that shit. I'll pay people to watch them. I don't want to see the kid until they're like five. Obviously, yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's not even a human being. Until it can fucking oh, have you're, a, you're a reasonable... Oh, you're missing out, no, bro. Not... Those are the good times. I can't, if, if I can't have a conversation with that little bastard, I don't want to see it. Yeah, you know Dan, I mean? Dan doesn't do well with it. I, so I've got a two-year-old and a six-year-old, uh, both boys, because that's all I shoot. And, uh, you know, obviously... Train my balls. I talk to them in the mirror and uh, keep them well shorn. Uh, and I decide because I'm a master of my own cock. But mm -hmm. uh, with that, you're right. Like, dude, that age is is awesome, man. Like the, especially two and three, where they they're they're talking, they understand things, and uh, and then they can just break shit in front of you and then just kind of smile at you, and you're like, oh, well, that's what I did, and you're all good. Yep, and I'm gonna pick it up. Whatever you break, I'm gonna pick it up. Yes, hundred percent. I, I don't even mind that. It's the sleep. I guess if I get through the first six months and not have to deal with that shit, I'll be fine. 
right? My wife was up last night. You get a night nurse. Take all that money and get a night nurse. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I I would do that for sure. I just don't, you know, like don't hand me a crime baby because that I'll just toss it somewhere. (laughs) Like, like, no, no, you're good. Yeah, my my child is uh, two, and yeah, my wife was still up last night with the monitor and all that shit. Like, yeah, but your youngest one's kind of an asshole. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, I mean, if like Louis C.K. said it best, if you're trying to go out somewhere in public, go out to dinner or something, and you can't because one person in your group won't put their fucking shoes on, that person, regardless of age, is an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And by the way, uh, I am also cognizant of the fact that like I love my kids but I you know one of yeah like he was saying one's a little asshole I don't take him out that much you know and when I do like I don't bitch about when he throws a fit and I got to take him out of the restaurant it's my fault for bringing him out yeah. you, do you, you do you share that same viewpoint right uh yes uh the viewpoint on I'll take my kids anywhere bro uh only does like figure it out right like you've got to figure it out at some point and you know there have been plenty of restaurants that we've walked out of but there have also been plenty of restaurants that we've actually made it through so you know i mean you know the swisher clan bro we do everything together as a family especially with as much as we're away from each other uh any opportunity that we get to be together uh we definitely get we're definitely gonna soak that time up now i definitely have been in a restaurant or two where i'm like dude my kids are being assholes, bro. And we got to go. You yeah. know what I mean? The f- just comes out and we pay for it anyways. And we're out the door. Didn't even get the chance to eat. We've definitely been there before. But I also think that, you know, as tough as it is, bro, it's only for a short amount of time that mm. you're going to be able to experience your children like this. So you might as well roll it out. Give them some stories that you can tell later in their life. Be like, listen, this is how much of a prick you were yeah. back when you were a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I mean, look, uh, so I hire a night nurse and, uh, and a cinematographer then. Sure. Yeah. So you capture all that shit on video and I'll watch it later. Yeah, you're gonna watch it later yeah. in life. Me, I'll go through it like last night, you know, they wanted to watch a movie. I watched I watched my two year old physically just pick up like two pounds of popcorn, smash it all in his hands and then throw it all over the bed and floor, and it was just like Well sweet, man, I'm gonna fucking sleep in that tonight. Um, I woke up in the morning and it looked like, you know, I just finished Survivor. Uh, like I was in the top three, didn't win it, but it was like bug bites. It looked like all over my back. Nope, just popcorn shards that were dug into my back all night long as I tossed and turned. And, uh, and I'll have that story to live with. The forever. good news is that kids that are assholes when they're uh, like toddlers are usually, they, get, they don't, or they're not like that as adults for the most part. I hope so. Like I was a super quiet kid. Until oh, yeah. I was like like seven or eight or some shit like that, and then you know after that, yeah, yeah obviously it kind of went off the rails. Yeah, yeah, right. But my uh, siblings were fussy children, okay, and they turned out normal. Bore, well, boring is what I would call it. Yeah, right? yeah, obviously. I was raising hell. I didn't understand why the fuck. Like you, you were talking about in school. Why are we? Te- why are we teaching ch- kids in school that this high level of excited energy is a bad thing? Exactly. Right? Right? That doesn't make exactly. any fucking sense to me. Uh, me neither, man. I'm sure you were one of those kids where they were like, he needs to be on fucking ADD meds or something. Oh, I've had plenty of coaches throughout my life that told me I'd be a better baseball player if I would, if I could, if I would be medicated, right? If I could get on Adderall or uh, what was the other one at the time back in the day? Uh, Ritalin. So- Ritalin, yeah, Ritalin. Yeah. Ritalin. Ritalin, yes. I'm like, bro, hey, what you see is what you get, baby. Mm. You don't like it, turn the page. Yeah, you exactly. Say, turn the page. Move on. Um, so uh, lastly here, uh, you know, I, I know you want to become a manager one day. Um, what, what are the next steps for you in trying to do that? Uh, like, are you going to go to the minors? Because, you know, obviously 
with a baseball schedule, you'd be away from your family for a long time. Or is that something where you want your, your kids to get a little older first? Yes, 100%. You know, right now, I'm so fortunate and blessed to be able to be a special advisor with the Yankees, mm. which has been absolutely mm. amazing. Uh, really kind of gives you that inside look uh, on exactly how the organization is run, being able to learn from guys like Brian Cashman and being able to be, you know, in the meetings. And, and really, I think the biggest thing that I need to get back I want to uh, be a manager at some point uh, is learn the analytics game a little better. Uh, I want to try and be that hybrid version uh, of the guy who had been in the arena that knows ways to use analytics mm. to make players better. Uh, I think that's one of the things that I've run into, you know, so far over the last, you know, four years that I've been retired uh, since analytics have really come into the game. I think there's a lot of um, uh, it's, it's hard for the, the, the smart guys, the analytic guys to give the information to the players right. because it's so black and white for them. It's, it's just number based. And I think sometimes they forget that you're dealing with human beings with feelings and, and stuff like that. So for somebody like me, who is as high energy as I am, uh, I think one of my greatest skills I have is my communication skills, bro. I can, I can fucking talk all day long. So for me, I want to do my best to try and learn that analytics game. Uh, right now, you know, we do, you know, a bunch of stuff on the clubhouse app, which is actually uh, absolutely amazing. Mm. Uh, you know, no filter.net's coming out with a new platform. Uh, and I think for myself, I just want to be a leader, bro. I just want to be a ray of sunshine in the world right now. Listen, there's a lot of shitty things happening right mm. now. And I just want to be one of those guys that people can look to like, holy shit, man. Like, look at that guy. Like, he's got a smile on his face, bro. I want to follow that guy. I want to smile on my face, too. So I know I've gone through a lot of stuff in my life. I've been very fortunate. Uh, but at the end of the day, bro, I just want to help out as much as I can, right? Be a leader, uh, help anybody that I can. Uh, and that's kind of like my main mission. Man, that's awesome, dude. I Look, we fucking love you. We were fans before. We're mm -hmm. even bigger fans after. Um, I love your energy, dude. I love what you represent. Now's the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Oh, man, does it have to be a bro? No. Anybody. It could be a broette as well. Uh, I mean, like, do they have to be alive? Nope. No. Nope. And in this case, uh, my drinking bro or drinking broette would be my grandmother brother betty lorraine swisher i want to give her this beer for sure man if it wasn't for her i wouldn't be the man that i am today if you've ever seen talladega nights you know the term granny law where you literally get your ass beat into shape and that's exactly what happened to me man i was kind of a shit kid growing up my parents divorced i didn't have a whole lot of role models in my life and she literally whipped my ass into the human being I am today. So if there was somebody that I could give this beer to, it would be my grandmother. I miss her. I wish she was able to be here and to experience my daughters. But I know she's looking down on us all the time and she's smiling. So if there's somebody that I could give this beer to, Betty LeRae Swisher, my man, no doubt. That's amazing, dude. I think that's the first time somebody's ever given their grandmother a Coors Light cheers to. Wow. That's uh. it. <laughs> <laughs> Would she have drinking? Does she drink Coors Light? Would she have had a Coors Light with you? Oh, yeah, bro. 100%. She would have slammed something. No doubt about it. Oh, that's great. And then that's break great. the bottle over the kid's head because he won't shut the fuck up, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Granny Law. It's it Granny really Law. Is. Everybody yeah. knows Granny yeah. Law. Uh, I can't let you out of here without uh, one prediction for you. Who wins the World Series this year? Wow. I tell you what, man. Uh, it's um, Yankees I'm got a, a homer. pretty good shot. Uh, I'm a 
Yankee guy, bro. I think bringing over guys like Corey Kluber, uh, Jamison Tyone. I mean, obviously, I talked a little bit about starting pitching uh, and the defensive aspect of the game. Uh, I think it's been, you know, 11, 12 years since we've won a championship. It's been long, right? New York is getting a little antsy. Aaron Boone has been given the keys to a Ferrari this year. He finishes the race. He gets the job done. New York Yankees win their 28th World Series title. I, I, I like it. Uh, all they have to do is stay healthy. I would love to. I, I think that is the most talented team in baseball. I've said it many times on this show. They just got to stay healthy, all of them, at the same time for one playoff run. And, and yes, I think they will win the World Series. I'm with you on that. So uh, I hope they stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope mean, you do as well, man. And, and look, I, I hope you come back here because uh, you're, you're one of our favorites. Yeah. yeah, we should have you back on for our MLB pre- preview show here in a couple of weeks. Oh, man. Uh, I, hey, bro, I love it, man. Yeah. I, I, love, I love the way you guys go about doing your thing. Truth speaks 100%. And, you know, hey, man, this is a great platform, man. You guys got to keep kicking ass, man, mm. doing your thing. I appreciate it. Where can everybody find you, Nick? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, at your boy Swish. Twitter, at Nick Swisher. Uh, just started to fire things up on TikTok at your boy Swish. I'm really excited. I got my stories coming out. First time I charged the mound. So that should be pretty interesting, man. Being able to use that platform to tell some great stories Mm. and to make people smile, man. That's what I'm all about. Hell yeah, dude. Go to at your boy Swish. Uh, Hashtag it, Drink It Bros. Let them know you heard it on here. Drink It Bros. Let's get it. Let's Let's get get it. it. Let's get it, dude. Cheers to your grandmother, too. Oh, baby, let's go. Let's go for Nick Swisher. Yeah, Bud Light too. Fuck it, dude. Bud Light and Coors Light for everybody. Let's rage. Let's rage. For Nick Swisher, D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway, I am Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros. Good night, everyone. Yeah.